Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Wednesday, October 7th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics is the only in-house union screen printer in Boston, specializing in custom uniforms and business apparel. Also, home of the best skate shopping in New England and the best deal, too. It's called the Beans Club. Join the Beans Club today for just 45 bucks which gets you 10 skate shoppings for the price of eight. That's right, two free skate shoppings when you join the Beans Club today. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There's plenty of parking out back. Give them a call for more information, 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them, I sent you. So here we go. It's a Wednesday which means that I will be giving my Week 5 NFL preview as every team in the NFL turns the page on Wednesdays. Well, the teams that aren't playing in the Thursday night game. You know, the Thursday night game, which this week is Indianapolis against the Houston Texans in Houston. Uh, Those teams have to turn the page real quick, right after their games on Sunday. So they have a short week, but most of the teams in the league, everybody else in the NFL turns the page and looks ahead to the following week on Wednesday. And that's what we do on this show. Every Wednesday, I preview the upcoming NFL week. This is going to be week number five. Uh, So today's show is my week five NFL preview. Before I close it out, I'll give some thoughts on Major League Baseball's postseason, which began last night with the American League wildcard game. The Astros beat the Yankees. So the Astros will move on now to the ALDS and a series against the Kansas City Royals. Game one of that in Kansas City will be tomorrow night. But we got another wild card game, the National League wild card game tonight. The Chicago Cubs against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. Jake Arrieta against Garrett Cole. So I'll take a look at that and and sort of react to what happened last night in the Bronx as the Astros won before I close out this show. And also before I close out this podcast today, the NHL season begins tonight. That's right. Regular season hockey begins tonight. You got a couple games on the schedule here. You got Montreal in Toronto, and you got the Rangers in Chicago. Also, Vancouver, Calgary, a late one in Calgary. San Jose in L.A. at 10.30 Eastern time. So four games tonight to begin the NHL season. Here locally in Boston, the Bruins begin the regular season tomorrow night, Thursday night, at the TD Garden against the Winnipeg Jets and the Bruins dealing with some health issues on the back end, on the blue line. And, you know, they already have issues there anyways. So we'll keep an eye and I'll update you on Zidane Chara's status before I close out this show. And I'll give, you know, I'm not going to go too in-depth with NHL predictions, but I got a couple NHL predictions for you. Okay, I'm going to give you the final four teams, the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, and then the Stanley Cup Final and the Stanley Cup winner. I have that uh, picked out. I have that predicted. I'll reveal that before I close out the show. I apologize for not being here yesterday, uh, but I am back here today to give my NFL Week 5 preview. I was able to watch the Monday night game to close out Week 4 
And I was on WEEI last night, 93.7 FM, the radio here in Boston, big-time radio station, Red Sox radio network. And uh, now that the Red Sox season is over, I, I will most likely be getting some more time, maybe on some weeknights, 10 to midnight, like I was on last night. I'm on again tonight, 10 to midnight, and I'm on again Friday night, 10 to midnight. So, you know, last but last night, you know, I gave my thoughts on that Monday night situation Seattle hosting the Lions. The Seahawks win it 13-10. You get that play at the back of the end zone. I mean, how much longer do you want to talk about this play? The ref messed up. He didn't make the right call. It should have been Detroit ball at the half-yard line. I mean, the way I look at it is this is just another sign of other teams around the league not being on the same page as the New England Patriots because we found out, and I believe Bill Belichick, I believe the Patriots, that they actually practice that type of play, right? With the ball's loose in the end zone. You don't bat it out of the end zone. You jump on it. You take it, and you cover it up in the end zone for the touchback. When you knock it out of the back of the end zone, it's a penalty. It ends up being, you know, the team that fumbled it. It's their ball. They get the ball back. And uh, the Lions should have had another shot. They didn't. And it was a stupid play by the Seahawks player. It was a stupid decision by the ref to not make the right call. I don't know why that's not reviewable. I don't know why they couldn't have overturned that. But they didn't. At the same time, you know, look, Seattle still, I think, should have won that game. Because Calvin Johnson fumbled. It goes in the end zone. I don't know that I want an NFL game uh, to, to end by that ball going back to Detroit. And giving them another shot. I mean, by the rule, it says it. And I know you got to live by the rules. And I know people have pointed out, well, if it wasn't for the tuck rule, the Patriots wouldn't have won a championship. Well, I'm talking about the here and the now. And the here and the now is that play in the back of the end zone on Monday Night Football. Yes, the guy should have just caught that ball and covered it up. Or at least tried to catch it and shouldn't have batted it out. And the ref should have given the ball back to Detroit. It didn't happen. You also cannot convince me that Detroit was going to score. You, I mean, I know, it. you know, you, you think you put it at the half-yard line, you, you know, the chances of them getting in are pretty good. But you get one run, maybe a loss of one or two yards, and it's not so easy anymore, is it? And also, let's say Detroit put it in on the first try. You know, Seattle still had time in their own building to drive downfield. So who knows what would have happened? A lot of people think that the refs, yeah, they screwed Detroit because they didn't give them another chance. But they think that Detroit would have automatically won that game. Me, personally, I'm not so convinced of that. But Detroit loses. They are now winless. The Seahawks win. They are now back to 2-2. Two and two, Back to 500. And uh, the Lions are at 0-4. And, and from there, from that Monday night game, and on this Wednesday morning, we move on to Week 5 in the National Football League. Four teams have a bye this weekend. You got the Carolina Panthers with a bye, the Miami Dolphins with a bye, the Minnesota Vikings with a bye, and the New York Jets with a bye. Now, all of those teams, those four teams that I just mentioned with the bye, uh, the Jets, they were overseas. They had the early game. And as far as I know, looking at the schedule, we don't have any more games in London this weekend, do we? No, I don't see any. I don't see any games overseas. So the Jets played. They beat up on the Dolphins last Sunday in London. And, you know, because of that game, the Dolphins fired Joe Philbin. 
I don't I don't know that I'm liking what their new coach is saying, though. Like, he's a little bit too much of a hotto, isn't he? Like, you know, it's one thing, Joe Philbin, everything we're hearing, he seemed a little bit soft, right? And I told you that Philbin was going to be gone anyways. Now, going into the season, I didn't think that the Dolphins would be this bad. So I wasn't telling it to you then. But as you saw the Dolphins play, and you saw that really that my prediction for the Dolphins to win a wild card spot and get into the playoffs, as we saw that my prediction there was wrong, you're thinking to yourself, all right, if the Dolphins are going to lose, Joe Philbin doesn't have much time left, right? So you lose that game, and it wasn't just that they lost that game in London. It was the way they lost. It was the way the Dolphins looked in that one. It just looked pathetic at times, and it's really looked pathetic for them a lot this season, okay, you beat what, you know, in week one, if you're the Dolphins, you beat the Redskins, right, and then, you so you go in, you win that game, 17-10 to 10 in D.C., okay, then you go to Jacksonville, and you lose on a field goal, right, uh, then you lose, you know, you get whooped at home against Buffalo, and then you go to London, and it's very ugly, and all the things that are happening behind the scenes, you know, their owner knows more about it than we do. It just seemed soft when you watch them play. They seemed like a soft team. You heard Nadama can sue after that last game go, I- I- I'm not a man that plays with a lot of emotion. I mean, basically saying, he's basically saying that he comes to Miami and, you know, he lost all his passion. That's, you're spending that much money on a ferocious lineman like that who makes a living off trying to attack opposing quarterbacks, that that's not what you want to hear coming out of his mouth. So a lot going on in Miami. They made a coaching change. I don't think that this guy they have now is going to last because from from what I've read this morning on Twitter, Dolphins practices today, they run in the Oklahoma drill, which is like two guys just lining up and running at each other and trying to kill each other basically. You're a professional. You're in the middle of a season. I don't know that this is what you want to be doing. And I know what you're saying. The last coach was too soft, so maybe you need to toughen some guys up. But I just feel like that's a... It's not like a high school, college tactic, right? First couple weeks of the season. I don't know that that's an NFL tactic you should be taking. And right now, the Dolphins still have major issues. uh, But they get beat up by the Jets. And, uh... The Jets overseas, they win that game. If I'm the Jets, I don't, this isn't, I don't want to buy a week right now. You know, you you lost to the Eagles, that's an awful loss. You get back on track with a win against the Dolphins. I would think that you want to get right back into it. You're not going to have that opportunity. Uh, The good thing is for the Jets, you play the Redskins when you come back from the bye next weekend. The bad thing is you then play the Patriots at New England. So if I'm the Jets, I wouldn't want this bye week. Uh, Minnesota, it's not a terrible bye week for them. They lose to a very good Denver Broncos team. Uh, the Vikings are 2-2. Two and two. I have them going to the playoffs. I think they still will. I think they'll get a wild card spot. I think the Vikings will. But they come. They have that tough loss against the Broncos. It's, it's not a brutal loss. In fact, I, you know, I, as good as I think the Vikings are going to be this year, I, I expected the Broncos to win that game, and the Broncos are still undefeated. And as I mentioned, Miami, they have a bye week. You know, I think they're just trying to figure a whole lot out. So this is maybe a good bye week for Miami. And then you got the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers on a bye week. They're 4-0. 
they beat Tampa Bay last week, and they kept taking the ball away from Jameis Winston, who makes terrible decision after terrible decision. You look at the four games, though, that Carolina's won. They won at Jacksonville in week one. They won at home against the Texans in week two. They won at home against the Saints, who did not have Drew Brees in week three. And then they win in Tampa Bay. Carolina's got a bye week now. And so when we get through week five, Carolina is going to be one still an undefeated team. They're going to be one of the undefeated teams still. But they're going to have a rude awakening when they return from this bye week. They better do, they better cherish this bye week because they go to Seattle in week six. Then they come home against the Eagles. You know, the, the Panthers should be able to win that game against at home against Philly. But then at home against the Colts, you know, is Andrew Luck going to be back by that point in time? Maybe. Then they play the Packers. So that, that four-game stretch, Seahawks, Eagles, Colts, Packers, I think at least three of those four games they could lose. That's when we're really going to – that's the part of the schedule. We're going to see who the real Carolina Panthers are. Through these first four games, the soft schedule they've had, and, you know, the one game that should have been tough against New Orleans, New Orleans didn't have their quarterback. Drew Brees didn't play. So I'm having a tough time sitting here judging the Panthers, or at least I'm having a tough time seeing them undefeated, knowing that they'll still be undefeated after week five because they got a bye week. I just feel like I'm going to have a tough time putting them in that upper echelon category of the National Football League, you know, the best of the NFL. I just, I still, even though they're going to be undefeated after week five, I'm going to have a tough time putting them in that category. But those are the teams that have buys in week five, Carolina, Miami, Minnesota, and the Jets. Uh, Week five will begin. The teams that play, it will begin tomorrow night, Thursday night football, the Colts in Houston against the Texans. Uh, you, You know about the Colts. They did not have Andrew Luck last week. They end up squeezing one out in overtime against Jacksonville because Jacksonville could not hit one of their two field goal attempts uh, late in that game. Now, the first one wouldn't have mattered, but they missed it. They get a mulligan because Chuck Pagano called a timeout. He gets a second shot. It's a chip shot, and he misses that one too. Goes to overtime. Uh, Hasselbeck puts him in position to win. Colts get a field goal. When you put all of a sudden – you know, when you give Adam Vinatieri a chance to win the game, he's going to win the game. And Adam Vinatieri won that game. Colts are now 2-2. Two and two. They are atop that division. They play the Texans, who are 1-3. and three. The Houston Texans trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. But, I mean, if you know anything about the NFL and know anything about what it takes to win in this league, you know that the Texans were going to struggle this season because they can't figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Even last week, you know, they started with Mahoya. They changed to Mallet. All right. Then in that game last week, where they get whooped against the Falcons in Atlanta, they went back to Hoya at one point in that game. Now with the short week, I don't know what they're gonna do. Are they gonna stick with go back to Mallet? Go back to Hoya? Here's my response to that question. Does it matter? I don't think it matters. Houston could put Hoya. They could put Mallet. They could use both of them. They're going to struggle offensively with these two. Now, the Texans get Arian Foster back. But, I mean, he fumbled in a big spot last weekend. So, the Texans have issues. And for everybody that said, you know, their defense would save them and keep them in games, well, they let up 48 points last week. So, 
You know, how good is their defense? Uh, what what are the Houston Texans? And, all right, you could say they come home, right? And maybe they'll benefit with their defense at home. But I don't care where they're playing. They're not going to benefit with their quarterback situation. So, I, I don't know that the Houston Texans, even at home, are going to be able to win this game if Andrew Luck plays. I don't know if Andrew Luck's going to play. He was limited in practice yesterday. They say he's preparing to play in this game, but I don't I don't think we're going to really know. We might not know until tonight. By, by the time you listen to the show, you might actually know. But perhaps Andrew Luck is a game-time decision or it comes down to maybe they don't reveal it until game time. I don't know. If Andrew Luck plays in this game, I expect the Colts to win it, even if it's in Houston. Uh, the Colts right now are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know if that's expe- – I'm su- to be honest, I'm surprised there's a line right now with this unknown. I, I don't think anybody really knows if Luck's going to play. As of the time I'm recording this podcast – on this Wednesday morning, I don't think we have official work, right? You got an official uh, report maybe laid out. Who knows? But the Colts right now, one-and-a-half-point favorite in Houston. If Luck, Here's the deal. If Luck plays, I think they can win. I think they should win. If Luck doesn't play, based on the fact that this game is in Houston, I might give the Texans an edge only because maybe this is a game in which their defense bounces back from a terrible game in Atlanta last week. Not to say I believe in Mallet or Hoya, but, you know, you got Foster back, maybe at home, you get the home cooking of your advantage if Luck doesn't play on the other side. But if Luck does play, I'll be looking at Indy to win that game. But that's what we're going to do to kick this week off, Indy at Houston. And then we fast forward to Sunday where the 1 o'clocks, you got Jacksonville in Tampa Bay. I don't think this is a game that anybody's really going to want to watch, even the people in Jacksonville and in Tampa Bay. Um, uh, right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a three-point favorite. This is basically home fi- your home field advantage three-point favorite. That's what this is because Tampa Bay's no good. Jacksonville's no good. Um, I wouldn't put it past Jacksonville maybe going into Tampa and winning this game. I, I wouldn't. I- but at the same time, this is just a horrible 1 o'clock game, Jacksonville in Tampa Bay. But, uh... You know, basically, I'm going to pick my quarterback. This is a quarterback pick em. That's what it is. And Jameis Winston to me, as I mentioned earlier, when he had that game last weekend against the Carolina Panthers, there's just way too many bad decisions that I see coming from Jameis Winston when there's pressure, any type of pressure on him. And, uh, you know, if the Jaguars can put any type of pressure on Winston in this game in Tampa Bay on Sunday at 1— then I'm going to pick Blake Bortles over Winston. But it's just a horrible game. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because neither of those two teams are going anywhere this season. And uh, right now the Jaguars are a three-point underdog. I'd probably be leaning towards taking them to win only because I'll take their quarterback over Jameis Winston any day of the week. And, you know, I don't know that that's saying a whole lot about Bortles. I think it's saying more about how I feel about Jameis Winston. And I'm not too high on him, at least not in his rookie season. Then you get to Buffalo in Tennessee, another 1 o'clock game. Uh, the Titans had a bye week last week, so who knows? They could be a little rusty. They're 1-2. and two. Um, The Bills are 2-2. Two and two. They're coming off a tough loss at home to the Giants. 
And they're dealing with another injury. Carlos Williams, the backup running back, he might be injured for this game. We already know about McCoy's injury. Williams might be injured. So the Bills are losing some players here this season to injury. And I thought they were going to put up more of a fight at home last weekend against the Giants. But they're playing a Titans team that I don't look at and have. I don't fear them that much. But it is in Tennessee. The Bills... The story of their season is they're just back and forth, right? They're just, they win, then they have an ugly performance against the Patriots, then they crush the Dolphins, then they have an ugly performance against the Giants. I mean, if the trend continues for the Bills, they're going to bounce back, go into Tennessee, and win in that one. Maybe a hard fought, close game against possibly a rusty Titans team coming off a of bye week. That's the way I would look at that game. But the Bills need a win, they need to start winning now. They go to Tennessee this weekend. Then they have a tough one against the Bengals. And then they play the Jaguars, Dolphins, Jets before playing the Patriots again. Uh, but certainly, if you're the Bills and you're looking at your schedule, knowing you have the Bengals next weekend, and you're looking at the rest of your division, saying to yourself, well, the Jets, you know, they're 3-1. and one. The Patriots are 3-0. and all. The Jets have a bye week. Patriots are probably going to beat Dallas. You know, you gotta, you got to get your wins. you got to win the games you should win. If you want a shot. And the Bills, they should beat Tennessee in Tennessee. At least that's the way I feel about the Bills. I think they should go into Tennessee and win. I'm not too high on the Titans still. You know, and their their front four should be able to maybe get in Mariota's face, the rookie, and make him make some rookie mistakes. And again, the trend for the Bills, you know, you win. You know, you have a tough game. You win, you have a tough game, and that's what they're coming off, a tough game. So maybe they bounce back and win this one. I just think you got to take care of some of the games you should take care of on your schedule. This is one they should take care of, and then they'll play the Bengals and probably lose to them the week after that. But the Bills, I think, should be able to go in Tennessee, and they should be able to win this one Sunday at 1. Right now the Bills are a 2.5-point favorite. Then you got uh, the Browns. In Baltimore against the Ravens, you know, two teams right now in that AFC North that are one and three. Uh, you know, this is not a game that I would want to watch. Another game I would not want to watch. Baltimore, you know, I, I just, I look at them. Their defense is struggling this year. It's not something that they're used to having happen to them. Their defense is not used to playing this bad. But the Ravens... You look at what's happened to them the last couple weeks. They had the Thursday night win against Pittsburgh. So they haven't played in a while. But at the same time, that game that they did win, Pittsburgh handed them that game. Pittsburgh's field goal kicker, Josh Scobie, he misses two field goals in the fourth quarter in the last two and a half minutes. And then in the fourth, excuse me, then in overtime, Pittsburgh has a couple opportunities on fourth down. They go for it. And they just had awful play calling. They handed the the Ravens that game. The Ravens should be 0-4, right? The Ravens should be going into this game 0-4. I, I, even though the Browns, you know, they put up a tough fight against San Diego last weekend, and this game is going to be in Baltimore. Since it's in Baltimore, I might give the Ravens the edge in this one. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That might be too high. That might be too high. But, you know, I could see this one being a typical AFC North. You know, you got to win this game at the line of scrimmage, three-point field goal game, right? 
Uh, that's how I envision this game playing out. But it's another ugly game that I don't really... I'm not going to really be paying too much attention to it because I don't see the Ravens going anywhere this season at 1-3. and three, And I don't see the Browns going anywhere at 1-3 and three either. So it's not really a game I'm too jacked up about. But since it's in Baltimore, I could see them squeezing out a three-point win. You got the Redskins in Atlanta. Look, Redskins get a big win. They get a nice late drive from Kirk Cousins against the Eagles last week. The Eagles should have won that game, right? You know, I, I know a lot of people saying Kirk Cousins, he's growing up on that final drive. I look at that like the Eagles throwing up all over themselves. And it, more than I do Kirk Cousins growing up in that game, in that final 90-yard drive where he drove the Redskins downfield, needed more than a field goal. He needed a touchdown when the Redskins were down four, and he got it for him. You know, you got to – all right, I'll applaud them for the drive, but at the same time, if you're Philly – that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable for the Eagles. I look at that and think the Eagles threw up all over themselves more than the Redskins came down and won it. Redskins now at 2-2. Two and two. They go to Atlanta. Atlanta, who is undefeated. And, you know, Atlanta's going to win this game, right? Let, let's face it. Atlanta's going to win this, and they're going to be 5-0. and all. And if you look at their schedule, they should, re- they should win this game. They should go to New Orleans and have a chance to win that one. Going to Tennessee at home against Tampa Bay, at San Francisco, at home against the Colts. I mean, Atlanta's schedule, to me, out of all these teams, it's one of, out of all these teams that are undefeated, Atlanta's schedule is maybe the easiest. It is. Now, the Patriots' schedule got a whole lot easier. Their schedule is easy as well, and it got a whole lot easier when Romo, Des Bryant went down, because I originally thought this Patriots-Dallas game this weekend was going to be a tough one. I don't think it will anymore, given all the injuries the Cowboys have right now. But you look at Atlanta's schedule, they're just as easy, if not easier, and this should be an easy game for them at home against the Redskins. I don't care what the Redskins did last weekend against the Eagles, uh, because I'm not too high in the Eagles. I, in fact, I don't think they're very good. But that was a game the Eagles should have won in D.C. And they couldn't hold on to win it. Right now, the Falcons are a 7.5-point favorite. I thought this was going to be around 10. But the Falcons at home, they should win this and remain undefeated. Another 1 o'clock game. You got the Bears going to Kansas City. Right now, the Bears are a 9-point underdog. The Chiefs. Who are the Kansas City Chiefs? Just a bad loss to the Bengals. Credit where credit's due. Cincinnati looks very good at 4-0. And last weekend, Kansas City goes to Cincinnati. Kansas City right now is 1-3. They won their first game of the season in Houston, 27-20. But if you look at their next three losses, their last three games have been against three of the tougher teams in football. In fact, it's against three teams who are undefeated. Okay, the combined records of the three teams that Kansas City last faced. You know what it is? 12 and all. The Broncos at home, then at Green Bay, then at Cincinnati. So you're talking about three of the best teams in football you lost to. Two of those games were on the road in the other team's building. And the last two were at Green Bay, at Cincinnati. The one before that was in Kansas City against Denver. So... Kansas City's schedule has not been easy at all. They're going to come home. Kansas City's a tough place to play. 
They're playing a Chicago Bears team that's coming off a big win against Oakland, but I think Oakland choked because Oakland should have been a little bit more aggressive late in that game instead of just settling for the field goal, you know, running it on third down, losing a yard in the final minutes, and settling for a field goal to take a one-point lead. That wasn't good enough. You know, and if I'm an Oakland Raiders fan, and I've seen the way the Raiders have won games this season and their late-game comebacks, or at least the way they drove the ball down the field late in games this season, I would be upset that, that they weren't aggressive on that final possession against the Bears last weekend. So the Bears, to me, they... The, the, the Oakland Raiders kept the Bears in that game in Chicago. The Bears are no good. Cutler, no Cutler. Cutler returned last week, so I'm expecting him to play this week as well. The Bears are nine-point underdogs in Kansas City. They probably should be at least ten-point underdogs. Uh, Kansas City should win this game. They should get. They should bounce back after three tough games, two of them on the road. Uh, this should not be a tough game for Kansas City in Kansas City against the Bears team that, yes, the Bears are coming off a win, but the Bears are no good. I, I don't think the Bears should even have a shot in this one in KC. So, I look, the Chiefs have sort of screwed me in recent weeks, but especially last week. But at the same time, I expect Kansas City to score some touchdowns and not just kick seven field goals like they did in Cincinnati. Uh, the Bears are not the Bengals. The Bears are not the Packers. The Bears are not the Broncos. And those three teams I just mentioned that saying the Bears, who the Bears aren't, those are the three teams the Kansas City Chiefs lost to this season. Kansas City should be able to win this one Sunday at 1 o'clock in KC over the Bears. Another 1 o'clock game. We got the Saints and the Eagles in Philly. The Saints, they get Drew Brees back. They get that overtime win on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. Um, Yeah, I, I think that with Drew Brees right now, Obviously, New Orleans is a much better team than they are without him. I mean, if New Orleans still, if Drew Brees was still injured, I'm giving, I'm saying the Phillies should probably win this game in Philly uh, against the Saints. But with Drew Brees, a one and three team, he's back. If he is gonna play again, I'll give the edge to New Orleans. I'll say New Orleans should be able to go into Philly and win. The Eagles are no good. I can't sit there every week and just continue to crush the Eagles. I'll let them crush themselves. And I think at home against the Saints, they probably could do that again. Philly is a four-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Uh, they are in last place in the NFC East at 1-3. and three. I, I don't think – look, the Eagles are 0-1 at home this season, right? I mean, they already they won home game. They already lost it. They lost it to the Cowboys – a Cowboys team that, right, uh, Romo, what, he got injured in that game, right? Romo got injured, and the Eagles still could not do anything in that one. So I, I, I'm not high on the Eagles, and I think even though they're at home, if Drew Brees plays, the Saints should win this game. They should. Saints aren't great, but they're better with Drew Brees than they are with McCown. And from what I'm expecting, I'm expecting Drew Brees to play in this one. So I'm going to give the edge to New Orleans. And they're an underdog, too. So that, 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 to me, that might be one of my picks for picks, picks on Friday. But I'm going to save that for Friday. Straight up, Saints should win this game in Philly if Drew Brees plays. Another 1 o'clock game, the Rams in Green Bay against the Packers. The Rams, okay, big win over the Cardinals. Todd Gurley, second NFL game, ran for over 100 yards, had a monster performance, right? 
Cardinals made some mistakes, especially early, fumbling the opening kickoff. I don't know what. I, honestly, Cardinals play the Rams in Arizona four more times, five more times this season. Cardinals win every one of those games. But um, St. Louis, give them credit. They went into Arizona and won. That doesn't mean they're going to go into Green Bay and win. That won't. It just won't happen. St. Louis will not go into Green Bay. Now, St. Louis is a nine-and-a-half-point underdog right now. Green Bay, we know what they do. At Lambeau, they put up points. Afternoon game against the Rams in Green Bay. I'm expecting, you know, 30 to 35 points from Aaron Rodgers, and I don't expect St. Louis to put up that many points on the road. They're going to need Gurley to have that type of performance again like he had against Arizona that last week, but still... I don't think that'll be enough against Green Bay. Not in Green Bay. Packers will win, and they'll remain undefeated. Then we get Seattle at 2-2, two and two, going to Cincinnati, 4-0. This might be one of the better games of the weekend, Seattle at Cincinnati, right? I think this is going to be uh, a big test for the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals, as I mentioned, they're coming off a win over the Kansas City Chiefs in Cincinnati. You look at the Bengals' schedule here at 4-0. They've won in Oakland. They've won at home against San Diego. They've won at Baltimore. They won at home against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, the Seahawks, this might be the toughest challenge yet. Now, I know it's not in Seattle, and that's where we usually give the Seahawks an edge more than they're on the road, but more than any other team in the NFL. Like the Seahawks' home field advantage, that is a devastating home field advantage. At least we still look at it that way for the time being. Uh, Seattle's going on the road. They're going to Cincinnati. This is a tough test, and, uh, you know, this might come down to home field. This will know a lot more about Cincinnati, I think, after this game against Seattle's defense. I do. I think we'll know a lot more about Cincinnati. I, look, they beat, I think they beat a good Kansas City team last week, and I'm giving them credit against that win over the Raiders and the Chargers, not so much the Ravens. But, you know, Cincinnati, I you're right. I haven't given them a whole lot of credit this season, but you have to start doing it because Andy Dalton is looking like, right now at least, one of the top dog quarterbacks in the National Football League. The problem I have with Cincinnati is that they. I feel like they do this to us a lot, right? And they get a lot of people to buy in on them. And when it comes to late in the season, it just, and then you get into the playoffs, it just doesn't work out if you get into the playoffs. So Cincinnati, to buy into them long-term, I'm hesitant to do it because they've been a team that's let a lot of people down as the season goes on. But this will be a huge test. The next couple weeks against the Seahawks, then they go to Buffalo, right? So, but, but this one this weekend against Seattle, this might be the best game of the weekend. This might be the game that I'm most interested in to try to figure out what the Bengals are. Bengals are a three-point favorite at home against the Seahawks. Uh, this could be the best game of the weekend uh, because it won't be Arizona in Detroit. That is a 4 o'clock game. Arizona goes to Detroit, a winless Lions team. It might be only a matter of time until Detroit makes a coaching change. Uh, this could be the game. The Cardinals are going to bounce back from a tough loss at home against St. Louis. Cardinals will go on the road. They will rebound. They're a three-point favorite on the road, and I expect them to beat the Lions 
in Detroit for this 4 o'clock game. And then a 4.30 game, there's only three 4 o'clock, 4.30 games. Another one, Patriots in Dallas. Look, I've been t- we've been talking about this game for a long time. Going into the season, the Patriots, you know, did I think they'd be a 10-point favorite in Dallas? No way. But that's when I thought Romo was healthy, when I thought Ro- Romo, Bryant, uh, who else? I mean, they're running back. Cowboys lost their running back on Sunday Night Football. Lance Dunbar, what are they, they? I think they fear he has a torn ACL and MCL. So he'll be out. Witten is banged up. They've lost some pieces on the defensive side of the football, too. Cowboys are banged up, and that's why they're 10-point underdogs at home in this game against the Patriots on Sunday at 425 kickoff. Patriots are going to roll on this one, okay? Uh, 10 points, that isn't high enough. 10 points isn't scaring me away. I think Patriots beat the Cowboys. I think they beat them by more than 10. But the spread, you know, that's a picks picks on Friday. Will I factor in uh, the Patriots-Cowboys into the equation? Will the spread change by then, by Friday? We'll wait and see. But the Patriots should not have a problem against the Cowboys. I'm not going to get it. You know, Greg Hardy's back. He's running his mouth. He's talking about Brady. I think he said something about Giselle. Great. You know, I don't think that's going to factor into the result of this game at all. If anything, it motivates Tom Brady to want to go into Dallas and beat the shit out of the Cowboys even more than he was already going to. So, Patriots should roll in Dallas. Then you got the Broncos in Oakland. This is going to be an interesting one. Okay? This will be. Because you know, if you listen to me, I'm very high on Oakland this season. But the loss to Chicago in Chicago last week was, that that was devastating, I think, to them. It should be devastating to them. And they find themselves at 2-2. This is a divisional matchup against the Broncos, who are 4-0. It is in Oakland. The Raiders are five-point underdogs. You know... If you're the Oakland Raiders, you, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier about taking care of the teams that are on your schedule, like the Bills, they need to take care of Tennessee, even though that's in Tennessee, if they want to be legitimate contenders for a playoff spot. Like you get, At this point in the season, you've got to beat the teams you should beat. And Oakland last week was a perfect example of, you got to go in, this, even though the game's in Chicago, you've got to beat the Bears. You have the ball, you get an interception late in that game, and you're driving downfield. You've been an aggressive offense with a quarterback who is proven himself to have a big arm and a big impact in this league. And you take the ball out of his hands by continuing to hand the ball off to run the clock out and settle for a field goal that's going to put you up one late in that game on, a ro- on the road. And it wasn't good enough because the Bears drove down and kicked the field goal of their own and won that game. The Raiders weren't aggressive enough. And I think they blew it. They blew it. You need to win that game. You need to beat the teams on your schedule at this point of the season that you should beat, even if it's on the road, if you want to be considered playoff contenders, all right? Especially if you're in a division in which you have a team ahead of you that's undefeated. And the Broncos are 4-0. The Raiders, to me, just blew it last week to the point where even someone who's been as high on them as I have, I have to question what they're going to do moving forward. This game on Sunday at 4.30 in Oakland, is going to show us a whole lot about the Raiders and what they're going to do this season. You know, if they come into this game at home and they don't have an aggressive approach 
and they're not putting up a fight against the Broncos, then the Raiders are done. Then you can, you know, you can end their season right then and there. I don't care what the rest of their schedule looks like. Because you can't, if you can't beat the Bears, you know, you're going to have a tough time beating Denver. I'll say this. It's in Oakland. It's in their own building. Perhaps, you know, they admit that they were wrong, their approach late in that game against Chicago. And they say, we're going to be aggressive against Denver. And we're going to do everything we can as underdogs in our own building to be the team that gives the Broncos their first loss, right? I'm going to probably stay away from this one. I, I, I probably will because I do think the Oakland Raiders have a whole lot of talent offensively. We'll see what happens with Latavius Murray, who was taken out of that game late last week, which was another reason why I don't know why they were running the football late. Um, we'll see if that's an injury or if he was benched because he did fumble late in that game. I'm not so sure what the situation there is with him. Uh, but the Raiders are underdogs at home. They have a whole lot of talent on that team. It's just, you know, you blew one. You That's a must-win game. you got to beat the Bears. I don't care if that game's in Chicago last week. that's a that, that, you, that You cannot lose that game if you're Oakland. And you want someone like me to consider you a legitimate playoff team, which I was doing before that game. Now you come home, sure, but you're playing a 4-0 Broncos team. I need to see the type of fight that Oakland puts up in this game. Not the result necessarily, but the fight that they put up in this one against Denver on Sunday at 425. Um, you know, Denver should go into Oakland and say to themselves, we can win this game. Like, they, it, it, this isn't going to be a, a must win for Oakland just because it's in Oakland. Like, Denver can go in and win this one. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Oakland bounces back with all their weapons and puts up a fight keeps this game close and finds a way to maybe squeeze one out at home and squeeze out a win, right? But this is definitely a show-me-what-you-are game for the Oakland Raiders. Like, you know, this is a show-me game. Show me what you are, Oakland. This is a statement game for you. You either put up a fight or you don't. And if you don't put up a fight in this one after losing to the Bears, your season is done, in my opinion. If you put up a fight against this Denver team, maybe even if you lose, I'll still consider Oakland a team that could possibly make a, a, a late-season playoff push. I, I feel that they have that many weapons, but it's going to come down to how they look in this one Sunday at 4.30 against the Broncos in Oakland. And then the Sunday night game is not great. It's not great. It's the 49ers in New York against the Giants. Uh, we have not got to the portion of the schedule yet where they're flexing these games out. I can only imagine, and this is the second straight week, Right now, I know Breeze returned for the Sunday night game for NBC last week, so that helped him out. But at first, it didn't look like maybe he was going to play, and that's why I'm thinking, well, if they could have flexed this out, they would have. Sort of the same thing with the Giants 49ers, right? Like, if I'm NBC, I would probably want Seattle Cincinnati right now. Looking at all the games, you know, if I, if I'm NBC and I could choose a game right now, I would want either Seattle in Cincinnati or maybe even Denver-Oakland. Or Denver-Oakland, right? Those are the games that I'd want. San Francisco at New York against the Giants, not necessarily the game. Look, Giants are coming off a big win in Buffalo. I thought the Bills would put up more of a fight. They didn't. I'm not expecting Victor Cruz to play in this game because as we're hearing, he's still not practicing. Oh, he's not practicing again. I think he returned briefly to a practice last week. But they're saying no expectations. We're going to see how he feels afterwards. Victor Cruz, I don't even know that we should keep talking about him with regards to a timetable. Let's just wait and see. 
let's wait and see till he returns 100% to every practice all week, some week. But I don't think it's going to be this week. So I don't expect Victor Cruz to play in this game. And, uh, you know, the the Giants now at 2-2, two and two, a tied for the division lead with the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to lose. And as I told you, I think the Redskins going into Atlanta, I think the Redskins are going to lose. So this, if you're the Giants, I know they're not going to admit publicly that they're looking around at the other games in their division, you know, the other games that the teams in their division are playing. But to a man, you, you know what's going on. You know that the Redskins are probably going to lose in Atlanta. You know that the Cowboys at home, the banged-up Cowboys, are going to get whooped by the Patriots. So if you're the Giants, you got to look at this game on Sunday Night Football. You're a seven-point favorite against the San Francisco 49ers team. That is no good. They're 1-3. and three. They're coming off a loss uh, to Green Bay, 17-3. to three. Then they, you know, they lost to the Cardinals before then, 47-7. Uh, then they got whooped by the Steelers the week before that. Uh, they beat the Vikings in week one. It was at home. I think the Vikings, you know, they... Uh, Adrian Peterson is now, you know, if he was running the ball, you know, like, like then, like he is now, I think that would maybe be different. Maybe the Vikings just with some early season struggles. I think if those two teams played now, the Vikings... Uh, would beat San Francisco, and I don't even think it'd be a question. 49ers are horrible. They're going to New York. They're not going to win this game. I think, if anything, the Giants are going to be motivated, looking at the rest of the division, seeing the opportunity that they have. If the Giants lose this game, they have blown a huge opportunity. Okay? Because, again, for the reasons that I just mentioned, I expect the Giants at home on Sunday night to beat the 49ers. And then the Monday night game, we got plenty of time to look at this. Big Ben will not be playing. Mike Vick will be the quarterback of the Steelers. The Steelers blew it last Thursday night against the Ravens. They handed the Ravens that game. Now they go into San Diego. Steelers go into San Diego to play the Chargers. And the San Diego Chargers just squeezed out a win over the Browns. And here are the Chargers now at 2-2. Two and two. Okay? Um, I think that the Chargers at home, they should be able to take care of Pittsburgh without Big Ben. Now, if Big Ben was playing in this game... I might feel a little bit differently. Chargers are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I I don't know. I think that's too low. I feel like Chargers at home should maybe be a six-point favorite without Big Ben. But uh, we got plenty of time to evaluate the Monday night game, but I expect San Diego at home to beat the Steelers. The Steelers are going to have a tough stretch here where they might not win any of these games moving forward with Big Ben out. If they were going to win any of them, I told you it was going to be Thursday night against the Ravens. But they, and you know what? They had it won, and they blew it several times. So I look at their schedule, and I don't know that I see Pittsburgh in any of the games that Big Ben misses winning any of them, which, if they don't win any of those, could affect when Ben Roethlisberger comes back, right? Why would you rush it back? If you're down and out and your season is over by week six, seven, eight, why are you rushing back from an MCL injury? I don't think he'll do it. So the Steelers, it looks like, at least to me, this season is over because I do think they're going to lose in San Diego on Monday night. So there you have it. Week five in the NFL. Only a couple real exciting games to look at this week. A couple duds, especially in the one o'clocks that I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to at all unless it's for picks, picks purposes or fantasy football purposes. I will give you picks, picks on Friday. Five NFL games with the spread every Friday. And I know what you're saying. I went 0-5 last week. So you might want to listen and pick the opposite of what I picked. But 
Come on. Give me a shot here. I started the season off 4-1. and one, Then I went 2-3 and three consecutive weeks. But you know if you listen to me, the beats that I had in those two weeks were just awful. And last week was just some things happened that I didn't expect to happen. Like the Cardinals losing to the Rams in Arizona. Right? The Oakland Raiders being too conservative at the end of the game. Again, in Chicago against the Bears. It, a lot of stuff went wrong for me last week. But that's because the NFL is just an ugly league right now. Just a lot of dumb decisions and a lot of dumb things going on on the football field. But I'm going to bounce back, I promise, on Friday. Picks, picks, please. Give it a shot because I am bouncing back. When is mentality here, folks? That's what's going to happen. So I'll give those on Friday. Um, Tomorrow, maybe we'll have an update on Andrew Luck and we can get a little bit more in-depth on Colts Houston to kick off week five on Thursday Night Football in Houston. And, um, you know, also... Tomorrow, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the ser- the Divisional Series begins. We got two American League Divisional Series games tomorrow night. And uh, we had a wild card game last night. The Astros defeat the Yankees in the Bronx. Astros win this game 3-0. Dallas Keuchel, six innings on short rest for Houston. Allowed three hits. Did not allow a run. Walked one guy. Struck out seven on 87 pitches. He gets the win. On the other end, Masahiro Tanaka on extra rest. Gave you five innings. Allowed four hits. Two runs, both on solo home runs. Walked three. Struck out three. through 83 pitches. But Tansis let up another run in the seventh. And the Yankees couldn't get any offense going against the Astros. Keuchel was very good. You know, especially the second, third time around the Yankees batting order. He had that curveball going uh, just dirty, especially to left-handed hitters. You know, that's why you saw Ellsbury not in the lineup. I know people getting all crazy about that. But if I'm getting crazy about anything, if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm getting crazy about the fact that it's only one game. You know, I I said this last night on WEI, and I'll, I'm going to continue to say this. If you're going to give me the extra wild card team, you better give me a three-game series, at least. And for people that say you can't do it, I mean, look at the schedule. The NLDS doesn't begin until Friday. The regular season ended on Sunday. There's a way to give me two wild card series, two three-game wild card series, ALNL, without really affecting the, the schedule that you currently put into place. Right? And I do think we're going to see it. And if so if I'm a Yankee fan, that's what I'm upset with. You know, because I don't think Tanaka pitched awful last night from what I saw. Uh, I, I watched the game while I was on the air, but I definitely watched it and saw what was going on. And I also don't think Dallas Keuchel was that dominant. I think the, maybe the Yankees had an off night. Like, A-Rod with two runners on, Keuchel's last inning. They had a mound visit, sixth inning, two runners on, two outs. Keuchel doesn't have a great fastball. And last night it was like 87-88. He left one up in the zone to A-Rod with two runners on and two out in the sixth. And A-Rod just, he, look, for lack of a better term, he fucked up. He, he missed it. And that was a ball he probably should have put in left, left center field seats. Okay, the left center field bleaches. But he didn't do it. He puffed it out to center. And the Yankees had an off night offensively. And the Astros get the one-game playoff win and they move on. I don't know how I feel about the champagne celebration after that one. After one, get a one game. But I guess you advance 
Essentially, it's winning the wild card series, even though it's one game. And you'll get another one tonight, the National League wild card game. The Cubs are in Pittsburgh. Jake Arrieta against Garrett Cole. Now, Jake Arrieta, he led the major leagues in wins with 22. Um, he's, he is, look at this, on the road, because the Cubs are going to Pittsburgh. On the road this season, Jake Arrieta, 13-1 and with a 1.60 ERA on the road. Okay, and against the Pirates, Arietta is three and one with a zero point seven five ERA. Now you go to the other side, Garrett Cole against the Cubs this season, two point one three ERA, a two and one record, uh, in four starts, twenty five and a third innings. Uh, he allowed eight runs, six of them earned. Did not allow a home run to the Cubs. Walked four, struck out thirty two. So. Uh, this is going to be an absolute battle tonight, but I, I'll get into this one-game playoff again. I mean, you could get a situation where Arietta has one bad inning, right? Let's say third inning, Arietta, or fourth inning, top of the order, middle of the order for Pittsburgh, Arietta on the road, walks a guy, uh, and then, you know, has a, makes a bad pitch, and somebody makes him pay. McCutcheon makes him pay, puts it in the seats, 2 nothing. You know, Cubs offense maybe gets one run. Arietta ends up going seven strong, ten strikeouts, only allows the two runs, and you lose that game and your season's over. Like, that's, to me, that's unfair. Like, there should be a series. You know, if, if, if you get one bad night, really one bad inning, maybe even one bad pitch, that's going to end your season? I, I, I don't like the one game. But they're giving it to us, and we got another one tonight. Look, as a fan, you don't get more drama than this. It's great drama, and I'm all into it as a fan. But I try to put myself in the shoes of a player, and it is unfair to them, right? It is. So we'll see what happens with Cubs, Pirates tonight. Here's what I'll say. Don't let the Cubs in. Uh, don't let the Cubs into the tournament. Because if you let them in, they could go. I feel like they could go on a run. Arietta, Lester, those two guys. We know Lester shows up in October, okay? We'll see what Arietta's going to be in October. We know he was great all season long. We know he's been great on the road, as I just told you. We know he's been great against the Pirates. But, you know, a, a lot more at stake right now and maybe a lot more pressure in this one. We'll see how Arietta can handle it. But if he handles it well and the Cubs get in, right, and you get a glimpse of what maybe Arietta could be in the postseason to go along what we know Lester's going to be in the postseason, Cubs are going to be scary. The winner of this NL wildcard game tonight will play the Cardinals in the first round. And you know what? The way the Cardinals pitching staff is banged up, or at least looks like maybe Michael Walker's hitting some type of wall. They lost, Col- they lost Martinez, Carlos Martinez, uh, for the season. Wainwright's coming back, but he's going to be pitching out of the bullpen. They need him to start. He won't be doing that. You know, Cardinals have some questions here. Even though they won 100 games, they got some issues. And uh, I think that's a series the Cubs could win. Even the Pirates could win that too. Then you got Mets, Dodgers. Uh, we'll t- I'll get into all that stuff. But the, the storyline here, you know, there's, there's some drama. And the Yankees are out, so I don't know that I want to stick with their drama. You know, Ellsbury uh, not being in the lineup. But also, you know, the CC Sabathia situation. Checks himself into rehab uh, a day before this wild card game. The real drama in New York right now with the team that's in it is the Mets. And their ace, Matt Harvey, missing a mandatory workout. 
yesterday. Or at least showing up late, Terry Collins told him to go home. Don't even show up. Oh, you're on your way in? You're late? Don't even show up. He comes in. He misses the mandatory workouts. He gets some comments from some players, some leaders like David Wright. That seems shady. Yeah, I, I look, Matt Harvey, you got the Matt Harvey plan going on. Him and his agent have an innings limit for him this season, which is affecting the way they're going to use him in the postseason. I'm sorry. I, this is not, and you show up, and you don't show up or show up late and end up not being a part of the mandatory team workout before the playoffs? I get that you roll your eyes as to what the mandatory baseball workout actually is. It's not like, you know, it, it, it's not the toughest work in the world. I get it. But it's still being with your team. And as the leader of the team, look, if the Mets win, they're going to win because Matt Harvey and that pitching staff, it, it pitches like a bunch of studs that they are. Okay? So they need him. You'd like to see him at the workout. Because now I feel like you got some things going on in that clubhouse where uh, you question what the mindset is of the organization as a whole. And if I'm a Mets fan, I would be furious. We'd be crushed. If this happened for the Red Sox, we'd be crushing this guy. We'd be running him out of town before the playoffs began. We would. So the Mets will play the Dodgers. And you know what the Dodgers bring to the table. So I'll do more playoff baseball tomorrow when we actually have the matchups and we can look at the rotations and line them up. Tomorrow I'll do some more playoff baseball. But tonight is the Cubs and the Pirates. Uh, I guess I just need to know what Arietta. we know what he is in the regular season, what's he going to be in the postseason, essentially, with a, a whole lot more pressure on him tonight in Pittsburgh. We will find out. And again, during this game, if you want to listen to me on WEI, I will be on tonight, 10 to midnight, so make sure you tune in for that. I'm going to close out the show here with a couple NHL predictions because – as I mentioned, the hockey season, regular season begins tonight. Got a couple games. Bruins don't begin till tomorrow. Tomorrow night, Thursday night. Zdeno Chara, he returned to practice yesterday. I think we're still calling him questionable. Upper body injury. I said it last night in the radio. I'll say it again. If Chara needs an extra week to heal this upper body injury, to get him to 100%, give him a week. There's no need to rush him back now. I get that the Bruins need him defensively more than anybody else on this team. That's my opinion, but I think it's you know, it's closer to fact than it is opinion. As much as they need him, you need him for the long haul. Okay? You need him to play 70 games at least. If you come back, force him back for two games, he takes a hit or takes a fall or he tweaks something taking that big slap shot of his and then he's going to miss a month. That's not good. That's no good. So, if you need to sit him out an extra week here, do it. Don't be stupid about this Chara injury because you need him long-term more than you need him for the first week of the season, in my opinion. But the Bruins begin the season Thursday night. I'm in wait-and-see mode. What's the rest of this defensive core going to look like? Um, I'm concerned about the Bees because of that defense, because, you know, they lost Boychuk before last season. They traded Dougie Hamilton then this offseason. Seidenberg is out for eight weeks. And who knows what he's going to be when he gets back because he's not getting any younger. And he's been dealing with injuries and not looking very good returning from those injuries the last couple seasons. And then, of course, you're dealing with this Chara thing. So I don't know what this defensive core is going to look like. And that's my biggest concern because you didn't make those moves and then counter that move by bringing in a 40-goal score. Yeah, you brought in some other offense in Bolesky and Hayes. Uh, you got rid of Lucic. 
I mean, I have a lot of questions with this Bruins team, and the only way they're going to be answered is when we see what these young defensemen can actually be in meaningful NHL games. And right now, I'm, I just don't know. I just There's too many questions for me. The only way we get those answered is by dropping the puck, starting the season, and watching it play out. But those concerns, because of that, I mean, I have the Bruins on the cusp of the playoffs once again. You know, like when you look at last season and the way the NHL ended last year, uh, the Bruins just missed out on the final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference by two points behind Pittsburgh. You know, so and and when you look at their division, they were the Bruins at 96 points and 41 wins. They had two less wins than the Red Wings, who got into that final divisional spot, the three seed in the Atlantic, and the Red Wings at 100 points, four more points than the Bruins. So I have the Bruins being in a similar spot. Will they be on the other end of it and just barely get in? Or will they miss out? I think they're right there in that moment. You know, I I think uh, the Bruins are. You know, they're not going to win the division, right? I don't I don't see that, and I don't think they're a lock for the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to be one of these brutal teams at the bottom of the standings that has like twenty five, thirty wins. I think they'll be close to that. Why they'll be in that wild card hunt? I'll tell you that. And I can't realistically give you a prediction on what the Bruins are going to do in that wild card hunt until I see what this, this defense looks like. Honestly, I, I, I need to see it before I get into that. But what I do know, and my predictions are based on what I know, is that the Chicago Blackhawks are defending the Stanley Cup. They're actually the favorites to win it all again. But the Stanley Cup hangover is a real thing. And how about, I mean... It's funny because you look at the last four Stanley Cup winners. You know who they are? Chicago, L.A. Kings, Chicago, L.A. Kings. How about the last six? Chicago, L.A., Chicago, L.A., Boston, Chicago. So the Blackhawks have won three of the last six Cups. The Blackhawks and Kings have won five of the last six. You got the Bruins mixed in in 2011 between them. Uh, I don't think, look, unless the Bruins get some some type of reinforcement and some type of major trade on the defense, and I don't think that's going to happen, nor do I really think it should. You know, at this point, I think we might be looking at maybe possibly moving Chara at the deadline. I, I You know, I'm a Chara guy, but given the way they've, this defense looks right now, and they want to get young with it, well, then maybe you're rebuilding that D. And if you're going to be in rebuilding mode, and you're going to use that word, perhaps the phrase trade Chara might be something else that you look into at the deadline. I don't know. We'll see where the Bruins stand at that point, and we'll see how these other defensemen look. But I need to see how they look first. But I do not have the Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. That's not my prediction. And you know what? Even though the Blackhawks... Uh, favorites to win it all again and defend the crown. Uh, we've seen the cup hangover. It's a real thing, and it happens. And I don't have Chicago winning and going back-to-back. Um, here's what I have. In the Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Penguins and the New York Rangers. And I have the Penguins winning. The Penguins, I don't know. Is it easy to forget that they added Phil Kessel? And... Even though a lot of people hate on Phil Kessel in this town, you shouldn't just rule out the fact that 
the kid's a goal scorer. And that when he's playing on that team with Crosby or Melkin, I mean, Kessel could have 50 goals this season with that club. Maybe even more. That's how good I think Pittsburgh's offense is going to be. That's a huge addition to the Penguins team. And look, if they can keep Chris Letang healthy this season, Penguins are going to be back to being one of those teams that's not in the hunt for a wild card like they did and had the eight seed essentially last year with the final wild card. The Penguins are going to be a team that's one of the best teams in the East this year. And I have them beating the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. In the Western Conference Finals, I have the LA Kings over the Blackhawks. So the last four Stanley Cup winners, okay, Kings, Blackhawks, Kings, Blackhawks, I have them playing in the Western Conference Finals. And I have the Kings winning that over the Chicago Blackhawks. I think Lucic will be hungry for L.A., right? It's a contract year for him. He needed a change of scenery. I think the change of scenery will do him good. And the Kings, let's face it, it's not like they mortgaged the future. It's not like they, well, it's not like they gave up so much off out of their organization right now that's going to affect their chances to win a Stanley Cup this year. They, they just added. They added Lucic. I think it's a good addition for the Kings. And... You know, I think the Kings, after last year dealing with the Stanley Cup hangover themselves, right? Kings dealt with the hangover themselves last year. Just missed out on getting to the playoffs. Uh, I think the Kings get back. I think they get back to the finals. And I think the Kings play the Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. And you know what? I'm going to say that Sidney Crosby wins another cup. I think the Penguins, you know, we go through the teams each season. And we go through the best players in the league. And... I mean, I know I said this about Ovechkin last year. I said eventually he's going to get a team and make a run and maybe hoist that cup. I think Crosby eventually here during his career is going to get a couple Stanley Cups. And if that's going to happen, again, I told you I like the moves that they made, additions with Phil Kessel. If they can keep Latang healthy, it's a huge move for them uh, as well. Phil, I just, I look at the Penguins and think, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league this season, not just in the East, but in the league. And uh, I think when they, if they can get rolling in the postseason, then they're going to be the most dangerous team to play against. Penguins win the Stanley Cup over the L.A. Kings. That's my early season predictions. Could it change? Well, yeah, we'll see how the season plays out. And again, as I mentioned with the Bruins, I need to see what the defense looks like. I do. I, I, I know you might want a stronger prediction than that, but let's face it. Does anybody really know what, what some of these younger defensive players for the Bruins are going to provide? I know I don't. I have major questions there. Major questions. So let's see what it is. And we'll see beginning on Thursday night as the Bruins drop the puck at home against the Winnipeg Jets. The, we've got a couple games to begin the season tonight. Um, so those are my predictions. Preseason, call them beginning of the season. Whatever you want, Penguins win the cup over the LA Kings. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook. Uh, again, tomorrow we'll talk some more postseason baseball, as we'll know the winner of this Cubs-Pirates game. And then Friday, another edition of Picks Picks. Come on, give me a shot. I'll be right back at it with some winning picks for you on Friday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you.